0: STS News Today, 23rd of January, 1904. 180 mine workers killed in Cheswick, Pennsylvania, when an early morning ignition of built up methane gas caused an explosion. The Norwegian city of Ailsund is devastated by fire. So far, only one death has been reported as thousands fled the flaming city. We're looking at a spectacular weekend sport. Frank Gotch and Tom Jenkins will face off in the squared circle in Washington State for the American Heavyweight Championship. On the other side of the Atlantic, the Russian line George Hackensmith will square off against the terrible Turk Ahmed Badrali. Both bats are bound to be a slobber knocker. And finally, Elsa Marie Lech Blech, is recovering fine after giving birth to a handsome child on the 18th. The child is to be christened Archibald Alexander Blech. He'll never make it with that name.
1: So that was the news, as it was this week, January the 23rd of 1904. Which means this could only be yesteryear's news today, where the news is better late
0: than never. I'm Johnny, and I'm Shane, and welcome to the show. We're still in the first month of January, but this is their. This will be the last January episode, will it? Uh, no, I think. Or we will we we'll manage to squeeze in the end of January 1905?
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I, d- I think we'll um.
0: Will yeah, it be the 30th. Yeah, yeah, yeah
1: which is long. Yeah, think we get five weeks out of January, um, and then four for February. But
0: well, for February is shorter. Yeah. We, um, we like our calendar talk here on uh, Yes US News Today.
1: <laughs> well, then you'll be interested to know that uh, this year was a leap year.
0: Oh, yeah, of
1: course. Yeah. That's all there is to say about this year. Although we could do, we maybe, should we do that? Should we give more information about the year we're doing? Or is there any point?
0: Not really. Uh, I think we should explain our podcast concept no, i don't first, think we no?
1: should i think we should just run no yes <laughs> the audience get it yet?
0: <laughs> guess no yeah we, we we have our attitude that we should tell you every week because this could be your first time listening even though you should totally go back and listen to the last three episodes we do this week in the news but we take a different year so our first episode was the first week of january 1901 second week of january 1902 and so on and this week is the 23rd of january 1904 and even though we commit a friday it wasn't necessarily a Friday on that day, no. Though last week was our an actual Friday. Yes,
1: we don't have as much topics this week, but I think we've got bigger topics, so we're gonna condense.
0: Yeah, we kind of have four or five big topics where we were. Yeah. We had a load of little ones last week, and the week before we had tons of little ones.
1: So the first topic, I'm yeah. curious about. That. First
0: story was up to one hundred and eighty mine workers were killed in a mine explosion. So I found a couple of stories and very short stories on it, just kind of describing that it, it was ranked among the, uh, the 10 worst coal mining disasters in American history, full stop, ever. And up to 180 men were killed when there was a, a gas buildup of methane that then ignited. And there was one single survivor who was severely burned, which was a 16-year-old boy. And even some of the people who were killed, there was 175 of the miners were actually in the mine out of 180 80 people killed. Because uh, there was people who kind of tried to get in and rescue, and then they just didn't make it out. They just got uh, over uh, taken by flames and things like that. And what actually happened was, there was a puncture in their uh, compressed air machines that they used. Yeah, part of the mining process back then is they used, obviously, dynamite and some compressed air and stuff to create new sections. When they set off dynamite, it caused a fuse and... There was a huge methane buildup and it just caused a massive explosion that just killed loads and loads of people instantly and loads of people were burned and flames just went through the whole mine. And it started very early in the morning. The main problem that caused it was the bad ventilation in the mine. And there was there's basically, there was laws in place that the mine is supposed to be ventilated a certain way yeah, under a certain yeah, yeah. criteria and all that kind of stuff. And it was ignored. They just took the cheap way out basically and killed 180 <laughs> men. 180 hundred and eighty people lost their lives uh, up, up to 180 it's kind of it's a little bit estimated and that happened on the 25th a couple of,
1: couple of non-union markers snuck in there
0: yeah it was known as the Harwick mine disaster It happened on the 25th of january 1904 in pennsylvania casualties included daniel a lie and a mine engineer soon m taylor who both gave their lives in the rescue attempts greatly touched by taylor and lies sacrifices Andrew Carnage uh, had medals made privately minted and given to their families and I think he was one of the mine owners or something like that and within two months he'd established a five million dollar hero fund as a result and the mine was owned by the Aline Coal Company and there's not much more information about it than that yeah part of the ventilation system was blocked by ice in the air shaft because at the time of year they made no efforts to clear it that's what caused the build up I mean that
1: almost could go with the buried alive because essentially that's one hundred and eighty people being buried alive <laughs> in yeah. a mine. So many things wrong with that way to go.
0: Yeah, and you can imagine. I'd say a lot of people were just yeah like that buried alive, crushed. Yeah, there was people probably hit by shockwaves. People who probably just died from asphyxiation. Yes, and then people who were burnt badly. But uh,
1: like the ones that. You'd bring them in. The ones that burnt got off easy probably.
0: <laughs> yeah, I imagine your body just went in shock and you probably yeah. died quickly rather than being trapped in a certain section and things like that. The mad thing is the what was referred to at the time as a fire boss who's like your fire safety officer. He last made a report when he did an examination of the mine and did a wrote a report on the twenty third, two days earlier, like saying everything's okay. Oh wow <laughs> <laughs> That's it like yeah. The explosion could be transmitted by the coal dust suspended in the atmosphere by the concussion from the initial blast. The flame exploding, the accumulators of fire, damp and dust along the path of the explosion, carry death and destruction into every region of the workings. So yeah, it was just coal dust and like damp air and hot air and everything, just working its way into every section of the mine, smothering everyone, (laughs) pretty much nice depressing story to start off that's that really there's not much more else I could find on it there was no more kind of descriptions or and was anyone considered responsible or was the company sued or any of that it was kind of more like oh everyone died those two guys were heroes so we <laughs> gave them medals was
1: that the worst one in America like it's period it's in
0: the top ten
1: right because it was like common Oh, like, yeah,
0: mining disasters. Should they still happen today?
1: Yeah, not so much in America, but yeah, no. you still it's do hear happen. Well, have you heard of that one? It's a weird one in um, Trelia, I think. Centralia, Pennsylvania, the one there from, like... Oh. Like, it's not, it's not a big disaster, because I, I don't think many people died. I don't actually... I wish I could have looked this up, but I don't think anybody died, but it started in the 80s, and it was just, like fire broke out underneath the town the mine uh mm-hmm. fire broke out and the, the town had to be evacuated yeah uh the fire only went out in 2010
0: no way yeah
1: <laughs> it was just burning on like it used to be a town of like a small it was a small town it was like 2000 people yeah and the population completely dwindled to not after that but yeah, it burnt for like three, 3 decades or something. That's crazy. It's What's what mine.
0: Um, yeah, yeah. So the coal once the coal was ignited it just kept heating and heating. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: And it's what um how did get
0: oxygen though this? Like a cave system where air could have been pulled in or something. Oh uh, yeah,
1: I'm not sure. i give me a second. I'm going to google it just to see if I
0: got dates way off.
1: But it's what Silent Hill, the video game series is based off like the town just cuz like it's a ghost town covered yeah, yeah. that's still
0: Hold on a second. I suppose a fire would smolder for a long time.
1: Centrillia is a borough, a near near ghost town in Columbia County, Pennsylvania, United States. Its population has dwindled from over 1,000 residents in 1981 to 10
0: in 2010. So there's <laughs> Those, still those t- 10 hardcore hangers oh, wow. on,
1: on. As a result of the Centrilia mine fire burning beneath the borough since 1962. <laughs> I think it's, oh wow, it's still burning yeah yeah so it's still burning
0: there's still heat coming out of it like. yeah so that's
1: again uh, don't rely on that piece of information because <laughs> no. that liturgy's come to that's your there, first you know.
0: Google uh, attempt at
1: I'm just impressed I remembered uh, Centralia <clears throat> yeah it was a good a name.
0: random memory folder
1: I, I'm sure it's a I think it's in, mentioned in a beach Boys song. <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah that's definitely of all the stuff we've talked about the things that have come up jobs you'd have from that period I think yeah coal miner has to be my least desirable lighthouse guy assistant first assistant second assistant one of those ones not the important one that's still probably my
0: just to give you a quick idea of the deadliest mine disasters that are in the US I got this list in 1907 in Monona West Virginia in 1907, 362 were killed. In Jacobs Creek in Pennsylvania, 239 were killed. In 1902, 216 were killed in Tennessee. In Dawson, New Mexico in 1913, 263 were killed. Cherry, Illinois 1909, 259 were killed. In 1900 in Schofield, Utah, 200 people were killed. Again, Pennsylvania... Oh. In 1928, 195 killed. It just goes on and on and on. Massive list. Hundreds and hundreds killed. The lowest number of people killed in the worst mining disasters was 100 in (laughs) 1892 in Oklahoma, Uh, which is the Krebs mine disaster. So, yeah, there was a lot of disasters in that whole period of time from kind of like late uh, 19th century to early 20th century. There's even one there... I think the most recent one I see there is 1951, 119 killed in right. West Frankfort in Illinois. Oh no, sorry, it was 125 killed in 1972 in West Virginia. Can you imagine oh. working in a freaking coal mine? Have you ever been into um, one? No, actually. There's one in Leitrim in Arigna. I must right. bring you down to it. It's the Aragna mining experience.
1: I don't think I wouldn't trust you to lead me into a coal mine. <laughs> <laughs> Not <laughs> a chance. Johnny, come with me into the coal mine. <laughs> with me down into the dark <laughs> i would not trust you as well because you would you would make it weird <laughs> like <you>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no it was a great experience i i went i did a tour there a couple of years ago in one day in a in in Arigna. There there's a guy who used to be a mine worker like they only closed the mine i'd say maybe 20 years ago not even i could be wrong so now it's a, like a museum and they've closed most of the mine but they've kept like all the top layers yeah, yeah, levels yeah. And they've broken them down into different sections and all that kind of stuff. It's incredible, like, the kind of working conditions they have. And they do, like, a demonstration of what would happen when they're blasting. And, like, all the lights go out and they have all these speakers that blare, like, the noise and all this kind of stuff and the sirens and everything. It's brilliant. It's a really, really cool. good experience. That's why they call it it's the Rigna mining, mining Experience is a proper experience. But it's it gives you a serious perspective of, like, what it would have been like daily lives for people like that. And, yeah. And yeah. The, tu- the tour guide of, he wouldn't go into any detail of it but he said in his time there like he worked there as a young man and he's now a much older man that and a young man was probably 14 yeah yeah that's no that's the kind of stuff he was saying he's like you know boys started very very mm. young and he was explaining how every day you brought home your own pickaxe like you'd sharpen it yourself and <laughs> wow. stuff there was blacksmiths who worked up on the surface and stuff and you'd bring them your pickaxes and they'd like re-sharpen them for you and all this kind of stuff but he wouldn't go into too much detail but he said in his time even getting into the more modern times he said there still happened all the time people are severely injured he's, he's like oh I'm not gonna name names or go into any details but you know just people I worked with in my time here and they were severely injured and stuff
1: and like, not even but not even just getting injured on the job but like that's not good for your health period like yeah like that's gonna working in a mine is gonna lead to all sorts of problems as an older man like
0: yeah, like, it's back break at work, it's low oxygen levels, you're breathing in a lot of dust, it's just, there's just so many things there. Yeah, and
1: then, like, maybe not so bad in certain parts of the world, but, you know, depending on where you are and how far you're going down and what other gases you're hitting and stuff. Make sure you bring a canary with you. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that, yeah, that, that's a terrible... Terrible one with the the mining tragedy. There's plenty of them,
0: and I'm sure we'll come across more of them as we go on. As I saw looking at that huge list, there was tons of them. So I'm sure we'll come across another one again. Um, we won't go into as much detail as them.
1: No, and that's it. Like there's a few things this week actually. Like, like there's a lot of smallpox news this oh, yeah. week. But maybe if we if we have time for it, I might touch on it. But yeah, yes. Uh, smallpox isn't going to be eradicated until the 70s so wait, we'll it's going to be a reoccurring thing yeah. as well i figure like if you're gonna oh there's so much so much debt so far in in the first three years of yesteryear's news that
0: yeah we like our death we do like our debt, but, but that's what was in the news then from what i can figure out from that's what people reported on so the rest of it was like really boring politics and or it's and then every so often there's some sport and yeah, like this. Actually, we, we no,
1: I don't know a whole lot about this, but it, it's worth mentioning because it's important, kind of vaguely maybe. This week was also the the first large scale American bodybuilding contest. First um, proper one. I think yeah, the first well, the first big one. It was in Madison Square Garden. Like there'd been others. Like it was big in London, and there was one in the Royal Albert Hall in like 1901. Arthur Conan Doyle was a judge because <laughs> wow. Like and that I was—he liked strong men. Maybe you can shed some light on that. Why, why would Eric Doyle be? Uh, uh, just because he was a manly man, or what? Because he wasn't a manly
0: man, was he? I don't know anything about him. Actually, yeah. I've just read a couple of the Holmes books. I know but he didn't. He just, he write. Like some of the explorer, big explorer stories, like real man. Yeah, like he stories. wrote the lost world and That's stuff That's what I was like thinking. About, sorry, yeah. the lost world. I was thinking of.
1: I guess it relates, and I guess bodybuilding at the time probably wasn't like back then. It'd have been like strong men competition, and
0: yeah, I'd say there was, there were, there weren't guys who uh, didn't eat carbs and were yeah, on yeah. high protein high fat completely dides.
1: dehydrate themselves
0: beforehand yeah. no this would have been guys with big barreled chests and who look like your classic uh, strong man in the, the one piece suit yeah, holding, yeah. holding like round dumbbells over his head kind yeah. of thing like
1: I don't know wouldn't know
0: a lot about
1: it but the guy we at the top the, the newsreel at the start in, we're talking about the the wrestling match like George Hackensmith the Russian line he would have been a bodybuilder as well yeah. so I'm just from seeing him And, like, he wrote books on it. It's like, yeah, they look, like,
0: different. (laughs) Yeah, they weren't trying to get that really lean definition, no body fat look at all. It was more about just being big. They look like Batman, essentially, like, broad-shouldered. kind of classic Batman.
1: And I guess, like, having uh, Now, just, this wasn't in the American one. This was a few years beforehand. But I guess Arthur Conan Doyle doing it. I guess it's no different than, like, Sharon Osbourne being a judge on whatever panel show she's an x-factor yeah man. yeah like yeah. i guess it's the same like arikan and i was, just, was a celebrity yeah, point, yeah, so. yeah but the first america the large-scale american one then didn't happen until january 16th and yeah like i said Madison madison square garden the winner uh was a guy called al Trillor. al Triller. al Triller. and uh, you know when you won you were declared the most perfectly developed man in the world and wow won a uh, 1000 Dollar cash prize, quite a bit for that time. But actually, this kind of ties into other other stuff. Uh, Thomas Edison apparently made a series of films with the the contestants and the
0: winners. You know, Mm -hmm. when he when he wasn't electrocuting elephants like he was last week or last last year last week.
1: But was he? He wasn't electrocuting elephants.
0: Oh, sorry, that's right. Sorry, sorry. But that's what I wonder:
1: was he actually making these films, or was it just his company? Yeah, yeah. Who knows? (laughs) Was
0: it it was the Thomas Edison company? Yeah. It's always, like, yeah, in any information I saw, it's listed as Thomas Edison. But, yeah. Uh,
1: and that one in London, in Royal Albert Hall, that's apparently what would eventually become Mr. Olympia. It just wasn't called it then.
0: Yeah. But that's the thing, like, the way bodybuilders looked was changed dramatically around as late as, like, Schwarzenegger's early career. Yeah. Like up yeah. until, what, say, mid-60s, it was just, like, big, Muslim men. It wasn't about that, like, really serious definition of muscles and the yeah, low carb yeah. diets none of that kind of came into it it was a bit more kind of a cross between just showing that they're fit um yeah having having five percent body fat wasn't a goal it wasn't a criteria that was something that developed much later yeah, yeah so they looked very different as they do today <laughs> not steroids <too. laughs> like that's a big a big, no, a yeah. big game changer. and they probably just ate
1: all eight red meat and nothing yeah. else I think we just done well for a topic that we weren't even going to oh, discuss. Yeah, like. that was a really good tangent. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's a tangent that,
0: well, if we should go back
1: and edit that into the newsreel. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's a good way to jump over to the boards of Frank Gotch and Tom Jenkins facing off each other in the squared circle. I know nothing about that, so I just read the headlines. I imagine, like most,
1: people, I imagine most people
0: don't. I hear it was quite the... Uh, Slobberknocker, though. Well, <laughs> yeah. sorry, that was over the pond and the Atla- over the Atlantic.
1: Well, they were both slobberknockers, I believe. I've I haven't seen them. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm sure wrestling fans know about this, or maybe wrestling fans don't because it goes it goes way back before before what we know as modern wrestling. I don't know if you'd think it. I'm sure a lot of people listen to it. Wonder why? What? Why would wrestling be included on a newsreel? But it would be, like, there was a point where wrestling was the biggest sport in America. Like, that was the American yeah. sport. Before, before football or, or... Yeah, before baseball. Football, I I, yeah, I don't even know. Baseball would have existed, but it wouldn't have taken off. I think the first, like, big... What is now the World Series might have happened around this time. But
0: yeah. it'd have been the first one, so... It's it was taking off. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. and, like, boxing would have been big, but boxing was seen as... Sorry, first to... to
0: preface this, uh, wrestling was real at this point as yeah. opposed to wrestling now. It was more like that kind of high school, college wrestling you see, or but well, that was different again.
1: You know, well there was elements of that. It was it was, there was a few different kinds of it, you know, that was like Greco Roman wrestling is what became yeah. collegiate wrestling. But then like catches catch can was the other type and then you just had freestyle wrestling. Just to go back to what I was saying about boxing, like boxing would have been would have been around too and would have been big but that was seen as being very um, just barbaric because it was just two guys punching each other oh yeah whereas wrestling was seen as being like very scientific and stuff so
0: people just preferred it it was more strategic and planned out kind of yeah yeah.
1: but um, essentially what I guess the closest comparison would be to what MMA is today that would be what wrestling was then and like, and it's funny now because people would consider MMA to be the barbaric sport and boxing to be the scientific one. I would never consider boxing as scientific,
0: but uh, it's a bit more respected as like an Olympic sport. Yeah, I yeah. well, the, yeah, I would actually like I, their I would, point system is very specific, and I I would like
1: not. MMA, so I can I can kind of see that as been very like that's very strategic, and spe- like they still have elements of like freestyle and Greco-Roman wrestling, or a lot of fighters do like they have wrestler like that'd be somebody's style of fighting but you still have it that, like if you ever see a, a UFC match where once two fighters go onto the mat and start wrestling
0: the audience just start to boo breaks into wrestling yeah they it's don't like, like wrestling oh, I at all
1: but yeah but sort of the wrestling elements of of MMA and UFC would be clo- like what wrestling was back then so wrestling would have been huge then like it's considered essentially the oldest sport yeah yeah I can see that Yeah, and you you could argue running is the oldest sport. Like, people probably ran before they wrestled, but probably didn't turn it into a a sport. No, it was a survival and hunting technique. We see, that's the thing. When you read up on, like, the history of wrestling, a lot of stuff you think, does that really count as wrestling or is that just a fight? (laughs) (laughs) Because, like, is is two, like, drunk lads fighting outside a pub a boxing match?
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's... Well, I know, it was used to train troops and things like that as part of Oh, yeah, but I'm talking like way, b- 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 like, when we're going back to
1: e- very early de- man. <laughs> yeah. well, in Rome, I guess, it's where it gets its start as, as an actual sport. Like a proper spectator sport. Isn't it? Well, it gets its start in a few places at different times, but Rome's the, the one everybody knows of, what, like you said, the Greco-Roman. There was also one called an- Ancruntian, and that was just like a no-holds-barred where you might not leave the match uh, yeah, just, like last just go for it like it yeah. well wow. yeah. it seems like every like every every roman was a wrestler like even Plato oh was uh a wrestler and that's <laughs> what the name plato means broad-shouldered but yeah like every country has its ireland has it the indians have it like they all yeah and india not indians but india had like they had like insane re- they had they call it the king of games
0: oh yeah and yeah. they like lived
1: by it in ireland apparently like wrestling was used to settle arguments that's again it just sounds like drunk lads fighting but and apparently it was irish immigrants after the famine and stuff was going to oh, vermont okay. in new england that we brought it to america we kind of started it off yeah and then like we, com- we 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 brought it to new england but then it mixes with different different forms of wrestling that oh, might okay. have came yeah. over too and yeah and it just took off and during the civil war it was a it was big with soldiers and afterwards soldiers that learned it during the Civil War, brought it to fairs and ah. th- and uh, it slowly this thing Abraham Lincoln was a wrestler. Okay, yeah. And which you can easily see a uh, big joint dude, he was like six four, which in his time yeah, yeah. six four is massive. But apparently he had uh, three hundred matches and there's speculation that he and this is all I had <laughs> I barely believe it, but that he might technically be the uh the first ever world champ or american champion oh, the- really yeah the- <laughs> just
0: because he wrestled so much and won so much even though there was no specific title at the time is that what you mean no i think he there was or some guy the yeah
1: they wouldn't have had a championship belt or anything but whoever was claimed to be the the american champion lincoln beat him oh okay yeah but and people have tried to because the nwa like nat- national wrestling alliance they took over they when wrestling was fake by this point but they started in like the 40s but they still traced their lineage to the title to like 1905 and then some yeah. have tried to trace it back further than that and people claim that lincoln therefore was the first nwa oh, champion okay. yeah, yeah. it's not true it's just a funny <laughs> note he That's did serious, w- really funny. like he did wrestle in um, somewhere in iowa or somewhere This guy, you might have seen there's this famous sketch of Lincoln with his fists standing over some guy who's down on the ground okay yeah cowering and it's this guy jack armstrong who apparently was some town bully who would wrestle everybody that came to town they'd have to like be him to be worthy and nobody ever be him and then lincoln came in and kicked his ass and
0: yeah you know, <laughs> like that but,
1: and they all just came parts of lincoln's legends yeah but yeah it's a good one i like the idea yeah. of there's some good legends around Lincoln. Actually. <laughs> oh yeah he's great feel like he was a vampire hunter you know <laughs> <laughs> apparently and this actually I like this this uh, maybe we should bring this back but apparently Henry VIII grappled with the king of France to settle a dispute <laughs> nice <laughs> but that'd be good like you get bring it into world the European to, Union yeah, yeah I'd like to good, uh, s- I'd like to see Obama fight well who'd be like him and Putin that'd be a good oh man Putin would kick
0: his ass kill him, but I'd say <laughs> Obama's Obama's swift like I mean he's uh, yeah he'd be quick He's skinny, tall. Yeah, it? be like Lincoln looked. Yeah, yeah. though I think no, Lincoln like Putin probably would, wasn't as skinny as he Putin
1: kill him. Like Putin's a huge man. I guess I guess we shouldn't and bring it back because who would like? There's very few leaders that would be able as, to beat Putin. Yeah,
0: <laughs> he'd end up becoming ruler of the world. Although no,
1: well then we would just people
0: would just elect Brock Lesnar as their yeah. champion, <laughs> Katie Taylor as our uh, president. Even though she's a boxer, but still. I think she, yeah, could, I kick think she could kick yeah, people's ass.
1: kick his ass. Or like Conor McGregor as yeah. T-Shook.
0: And you know what's funny? They'd probably do a better
1: job in politics as well. But anyway, so yeah, so wrestling was like had...
0: A, a so what i saying is it was badass and hardcore back in 1904. Proper
1: hardcore, yeah. Like it wasn't until the 20s that it became fake. Uh, people, wrestlers and wrestling fans really don't like you using the word fake. Uh, I, I, I appreciate that. I'm just using it. Because we're talking
0: about... Worked i think is the, the preferred coordinate, term. yeah coordinated or worked actually is probably a better word for yeah, it, yeah that's
1: what they kind of call it in wrestling like a work is when something's planned and a shoot yeah. like you, you, you'll you still hear it used now a shoot is when somebody goes goes off script pretty much oh, yeah. but i'm not undermining i like i've i've been kicked in the head by somebody currently on the wwe roster so i can vouch for it being still like a tough sport oh yeah but still, yeah, it was around that time, and the reason I'm in- including both these guys, Gotch and Hacken-Smith, is because they kind of—they're not the reason for it going away from a legitimate contest, but uh, yeah, their story kind of definitely paved the way. But anyway, so just to actually move on to the story, uh, the match we heard about was Frank Gotch and Tom Jenkins, and yeah, what happened there? That, that you know, they—they they were the, the match happened a bit later, and Gotch beat Jenkins. In Washington, and he won the American heavyweight champion, and it was his first title win. Yeah, he done. You know he took the the first fall. He won by pinfall, and Jenkins was disqualified in the second for fouling Gotch. Yeah, but yeah, Gotch, tough guy, you know, German blood in him, oh, yeah. German ancestors from Iowa. But like, he's got a good story too. Like in in eighteen ninety nine, he had his first notable match against just this guy who was a furniture dealer because <laughs> that's what happened like this is it's like a, a, a playstation one g- video game like people just went around challenging people in a town square yeah. and you fall it's like bushido blade or something
0: it's like i hear you're a good fighter i challenge you
1: yeah it's so a gotch like he he, he held his they, they fall for like two
0: hours oh, <laughs> just, man that's hardcore
1: and, and this isn't like a sanction match this just to this furniture dealer just challenged him or whatever but, uh, Is that
0: where the first uh, chair over back came right?
1: No, I don't. I think that didn't happen until 1901. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I, <laughs> I, I'd like to protect, I'd like to imagine he was the did. first one.
0: He pioneered the uh, chair over the back. Yeah, got lost. Like, but you know, two hours. He
1: obviously held his own. It was only after the match that the furniture dealer revealed himself to be reigning American heavyweight champion Dan McLeod. And it was when he gave him his visiting card because people used to carry vis- visiting cards around with them back then which was essentially just a card with your name and your logo printed on oh it. yeah just those people knew it was you and you weren't pretending to be somebody else <laughs> like, who printed a card yeah yeah i don't know it's weird because like a business card but before you had a phone number <laughs> like okay yeah, yeah, <laughs> so exactly. it was just a business card with your name on it and your logo and actually, that Dan McLeod, even though this is long before it became choreographed and scripted and all that, he still might be one of the first ones to have like a gimmick. Because even though he was he was Canadian, like born in Ontario, but yeah. he know, yeah, his name was Dan McLeod, and he told people he was born in the Scottish Highlands and stuff. Like <laughs> and he had like his persona. Yeah, and he won all the like the Highland. Games and stuff that he won. That
0: yeah, like just a, <laughs> did he did he arrived to all the matches where somebody was playing the bagpipes like his his entrance music.
1: Yeah, he he essentially was Rowdy Roddy Piper, but in <laughs> in eighteen ninety nine, I think after that maybe I oh know he I think he fought some other guy there was this Martin Burns who might have been the champion before Dan McLeod. He went down to train with him, and. Yeah. Yeah, Gotch had this, like, toe hold, which sounds like twisting somebody's toe was actually, like, this weird uh, front-facing ankle lock, I guess you'd call it. Yeah, and he tried his hand at boxing, got his ass kicked, and went back to wrestling. And, yeah, he challenged Tom Jenkins for the American Heavyweight Championship and won in that match, and then set his sights on the World Heavyweight Championship. And that's where Hackenschmidt comes into it. The Russian line because he was the yeah he was the world heavyweight champ and at this time it wasn't it still wasn't like today you have in sport where like he didn't ha- even have a belt yeah. he never actually wrestled in america at this point but he wrestled enough, enough but, coverage, yeah, yeah he was just known as being the champion of the world but and like this guy was a beast of a man like he was a gymnast a strongman a bodybuilder a wrestler, uh shoe <laughs> okay. like You see pictures of him, he's just, <laughs> it, he's essentially, if you took whoever, if you took whoever is the, the current, strongest man in the world, whoever is the current, Mr. Yeah. Universe, and Cain Velasquez, who's the UFC uh, heavyweight champion, and you like mix them together, like that's what Hack and Smash mate is. Wow, okay. And, and what
0: was he Russian? Uh man. Uh...
1: And I think uh, like a Baltic German father, and a Swedish mother, Good
0: jeans to have. Do you have a like height, weight, dimensions on them or anything that? No,
1: I don't. Um, I don't have much on them at all, Interesting. but we can, I'll get them actually. Yeah, it just got a six foot and 230 pounds. Is right. I can't get any more than that. Yeah, like it's a, it's a bad photo, but oh wow, still so see for
0: Jesus, that is um, an impressive man for the. Early twenty as, as I was describing it. earlier when we were talking about the strong men, I wouldn't have thought they quite looked that yeah, defined yeah, yeah. like exactly he is impressive looking what did you say he was what do you reckon he's made six foot six foot and two hundred and thirty pounds mm-hmm. I saw six two as well though so, so he's contradicting uh, uh,
1: wrestlers always add two inches to their height <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but yeah no back then you probably didn't but also like as well as just being like this incredible athlete he was also a writer and philosopher. Oh, wow. yeah so and like well, and brains yeah and it was later in life but you know he wrote a lot about physical culture and training and stuff but then just philosophy and life in general so yeah he was a smart guy in the 19th century and very early 20th he made a name for himself just winning like I said winning championships across Europe and he got really big in London and like would pack out arenas you know, apparently the ladies loved him oh so he and loves them back it was the first like wrestling. What I don't know if it's because of him, but it was essentially the f- the first sport women were kind of allowed to go to, and it was. Oh, cons- okay. Yeah. And also, it was considered okay for whereas boxing, like oh you yeah, yeah, we bring, went to Lego. Oh, you know. can't bring a woman to a boxing match, or, geez, you'd be sh- crazy. She'd faint. <laughs> but, but wrestling, it, 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 you were allowed to. He won a tournament in Vienna, and that was sort of what. Yeah. That was the the world championship tournament, I guess. It was when he toured England in 1903 that he became like he. I think that's when he switched to like the the catches catch can style of wrestling. Is what they called it, and that's where say that again. The catches catch can. It's very yeah. Catch as catch can. Yeah, that's more like what the the idea of what you'd think of a mix between. Have you ever watched like a pro, re- like fake wrestling? Match? Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Like when they do start to do what looks like legit wrestling in it, I guess that's yeah. like that's when
0: it's like very elaborate holes and stuff. Oh okay, yeah, yeah. It was a bit, like got more technical and
1: yeah, like whereas you know when you like Olympic wrestling, it's still technical, but it's a lot of it's about trying to just get people onto the mat. And yeah, it's more it's strategic all the
0: points. And...
1: Yeah, catch as catch can, I guess. And this, I'm kind of talking about... to get much. their
0: shoulders on the mat and stuff,
1: isn't it? Well, yeah, it would be, like, a lot of it, making them submit and stuff. Yeah. And, they're, like, they're they're all pretty much the same anyway. You, you know, you'd have to be, like, a really keen observer to even notice the difference. Yeah. And so he was facing off against, you know, the best in, in the country and hammering them. And he, even he was complaining, like, you know, there's nobody around that can beat me. And that's oh. where... But he was just like, I just want a challenge like and yeah, that's yeah. where this guy, Ahmed Madralli, came and he was the one that's, you know, almost equal to, to Hackensmith in terms of size and you know, he's just a beast of a man too. He's called a terrible Turk. And so right. they had a, a big fight in the Olympia in London and um, Was it a slobber knocker? It well they thought it was gonna be it was, like there was a big deal about it apparently like, in, the traffic was stopped from the Olympia to Piccadilly. No, Hackensmith beat him in two minutes. Oh no! <laughs> way. And yeah, and then that that was that match as what was thought to be this huge thing. Oh, wow! Then he went on and he fought Jenkins, who, who got beat for the American title. Yeah. But Jenkins went on. He lost the American title, no skin off his back, and he went on and he won the proper world title. And that or what? The other he had another claim to the world title, and then yeah. Hackensmith beat him, and then he's the that you know, the undisputed world champion. He's beat enough people that had claim to the world title now that there's no yeah. one denying Hackenschmidt's the world champion. And uh yes, yeah, a huge star. Even Theodore Roosevelt said if he could be anybody anyone else in the universe it'd be Hackenschmidt. George Hackenschmidt. Yeah. <laughs> Just to go it's quite a lead up, but now this all comes way later. This uh, we've talked about the cheat of our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but both, both of those guys who both had big matches this week, they would end up meeting. Because, of course, they had You have the American chap versus yep. the world champ. And they were trying to get Hackenschmidt over to over to America for years just to fight uh, an American and yep. to fight their champ. And eventually in 1908, it happened in Chicago. Yeah. So they brought Hackenschmidt over. And, over. Um, like, this is where it gets. Like H- Schmidt refused to train in public. Oh, okay, yeah, and like because they had this whole thing where they wanted they they'd make a show out of the lead up. Oh, okay, which yeah. kind of yeah, like you sell see... more tickets. And... Yeah, and you still see you see it in modern like UFC it's like TV they... spots now. Of yeah, I mean, yeah, like you behind see behind the training and all that. When that. UFC come over, they have like the all the video diaries on youtube building up to the void. and yeah, yeah. they have the way like when they were over in dublin last day, the in the museum of modern art like of all places they had like a conference and the weigh-ins like they they make a week-long thing yeah so and yeah it's the same then maybe a step further where you'd have somebody training in it. in front of them that people yeah, could people come and
0: look at the popcorn look in the window yeah
1: but hackenschmidt refused to do that um you know, it might have been showing in a bit of contempt for Americans and their ways. Yeah. But because he... And because he'd agreed to do it, it was part of the deal originally. So because he refused to train in public, he was denied entry into the gym at all. Wow. Okay. So he couldn't train for the match. Yeah. And apparently he was going... I don't know if it was a result of what was going on there like because of this or if it was something that was happening prior but apparently he was like suffering from depression at this point oh okay and so he just all his training pretty much consisted of was a few push-ups in his hotel room and he would just go for walks by
0: a lake near where he's staying run up some steps of a building don't think he even done that i think he
1: was just really down like he kept well yeah i I, yeah i
0: imagine go up the woods and throw in some logs and Give himself a proper I rocky, wish montage, it was no? rocky Four.
1: It kinda sounds like Rocky Four in the way No, we've got the other kind of does get like Rocky Four actually. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But um, <laughs> Uh yeah, no, apparently he just wasn't training, so yeah, when it came to the match you can tell where it goes, like Gotch just done an all and tired him out really quick and yeah, yeah. got him to the ground. And at one point and like Hackenschmidt, without trying, he, he still went. went. This was a, a long, another long, slobber knocker. And uh, Hackenschmidt complained to the ref that Gotch should go back and take a hot shower, and yep. restart the match because apparently Gotch had covered, had oiled himself up. Oh, okay. uh, but the ref said that you know if you, it's too late to make a complaint, you should have said something before at the start of the match, yeah, yeah. so it continued. And yeah, eventually Gotch got him to the Hackenschmidt to the ground, and got him in his famous. Uh, I don't think he even got him in the toehold. I think he went for it, and Hackenschmidt just announced... He just said, like, Mr. Gotch, I surrender my world title to you. Wow. And, yeah, the match's over. Apparently, there was a, it meant to be another round, and Hackenschmidt just refused to come back. He was just done. having a bad time. Yeah, yeah. But I really like that as well, the image of, like, somebody speaking during a match and actually saying... And, like, that's not, uh, that's not one of those things that history's made up. Like, that's a document yeah, yeah. he actually, like, said... Mr. Gotch, I surrender my world title to you. It's just a weird...
0: Yeah. I'd say that what? really pissed Gotch off. <laughs> You're like, no, I want to earn it, bitch. Yeah, uh, I don't I know, I think, that. like, who...
1: Uh, you said. Ne- yeah, I never thought about it like that. I'm gonna bring you pain. I was yeah. thinking about it being more... Just quitting in general. Oh uh, Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess maybe Gotch didn't like that. Because he didn't get to, like, a full, like, a tap out. Yeah, yeah. But I think, like, at the time, they probably always announced... When To quit, yeah, because you'd be wrestling. Because this is another one that lasted for like two hours, yeah. yeah. But um, afterwards, boiling ha- himself up, that's cheeky, yeah. But funny, Hackenschmidt, I am yawning directly after the match. Hackenschmidt said, Gotch was the greatest man I ever met, and like was really honorable. And he just said, like, his muscles had weakened over the last few weeks, and he just knew he couldn't win because he hadn't what,
0: been able to train,
1: yeah. Well, pretty shortly he reversed his uh, opinion on God he just was like bad not bad mounting him but
0: calling him like a dirty fighter and stuff once he got the endorphins back into him from training again he was like hang on
1: <laughs> yeah yeah once he went back and started like back to London or wherever he was living at the time yeah and he just didn't like he, again he kind of I think he, he talked about like the the American public for what beat him like and oh yeah I yeah. guess that's a, a little like oh, I suppose psychologically yeah yeah so all that there was obviously going to be a rematch, yeah. And Hackenschmidt wanted it to be in Europe. He didn't care where. He just didn't want it in America. Yeah, it happened in Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Hackenschmidt tried not to, you know, not to let what happened before. So he trained really hard for this, and so did Gotch. Because Gotch knew Hackenschmidt was gonna, and like yeah. this was
0: huge. Like it's bigger than the last. Did he match. go for the uh, window training then?
1: I don't think he went for the window train. I think this is where he went Rocky Four, and this is where he went, like, up the mountains and stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm making that up. I, too two many around. <laughs> yeah. Is it Rocky Four? He trains at Apollo and they do, like, they have that really, like... How do you not know your Rocky movies? Oh, it's been so long since I've watched them. No,
1: Rocky Four is the Russian.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. One of the greatest wait, 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 movies wait, wait, he's ever made. He, he ended the Cold War, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he ended the Cold yeah. War at the end. Beat Russia.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's what I thought. No, I guess so. Where what well, Apollo? I guess that has to be. But I am right. It? No, no, no. That's it's Rocky III where he starts training with Apollo, and, and they then... they have
0: that really romantic scene where they jump around in the sea. Yeah, and yeah. Stuff.
1: And then in Rocky IV is where Apollo fight. He fights Dolph Lundgren first. Oh, he and beats he beats him. Dies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He kills yeah. him,
0: and then it's all about avenging him and Taking like him. you know American and freedom. Yeah, and... yeah.
1: Isn't it really funny that the plot of Rocky IV? has like the russian's the villain he's the one who's yeah. jacked up on steroids pretty much been trained in a lab and right. rocky's the one out in nature yeah and yet in real life stallone was pumping himself <laughs> full of steroids he was making a film where he was making the bad guy and then that was like that's so that's so weird
0: <laughs> yeah because what do you have to do to get to the size he needed to be is yes? yeah
1: but anyway <laughs> So
0: like this was a huge
1: match, bigger so much bigger than the last one. Like apparently like thirty thousand spectators at it and all that. And it wouldn't last as long, but it lasted twenty five minutes. Uh, Gotch won again in the second round. Oh and it was cause Hackenschmidt was injured. He went in with uh, uh, and a uh bust knee. Uh and it was after a few years after though, I can't remember the guy's name. But a guy claimed that Gotch, a sparring partner of Hackenschmidt, claimed that Gotch paid him five grand yeah. to injure Hackenschmidt. him in the knee really yeah, hard. to injure, injure him and make it look like an accident while they were training. Oh. Now, even Hackenschmidt would later say that that didn't happen. That I don't this know, guy no wasn't. Way, yeah. yeah he, he said that guy wasn't even, they didn't even train together. They just oh, okay. barely, you know, they might have sparred every now and again.
0: But yeah, yeah. He used the same gym as him.
1: Yeah, but there was still some controversy to it and Oh, actually this is like apparently the gate, the
0: ninety grand med just from the live audience. That's insane for the time. Oh wow. And now this is when you gotta think that I did last week the story of the postmaster and mm. she got what was it eleven hundred a year? Yeah, yeah. As a well respected job, which is a job that we nowadays I imagine someone in that job is probably on like eighty to a hundred grand a year or something. I would think.
1: Yeah, ninety grand is.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, Gotch got twelve of that, and Hackenschmidt got eleven. Seems <laughs> like a uh, weird. That Gotch just had to get the. But now this is where some the well they already had controversy about the the injury and that sort of does arise in the papers. But also on the night uh, Gotch was a three to five choice, but all bets were called off just before the match and it was like the chief of police and the president of the stadium because it was like a i don't know like the a, the ballpark it was a ballpark they were fighting in yeah like owned by some baseball team and so they called off all the bets and then the next day the chicago bleh, the chicago tribune sort of ran a story about it and i think like you know, a bit of a shenanigans at play we're yeah, calling yeah. off bets just before so i got the article here so it seems real dodge. This is the just from the Chicago Tribune the next day, and it's 1911, so it's getting way ahead. But oh yeah, no, uh, I mean. the official declaration of all bets of bets off was the first intimation of the existence of something queer about the match. But its significance got true only to the sophisticated sporting element, which was not the majority. The public had no intimation that Hackenschmidt would lie down at the first plausible opportunity, but that has since been discovered, was exactly what he intended to do. Yeah, and then they caught up on the whole him the injury angle and all this. Yeah. And, yeah, it was pretty much as a result of that, the dodgy things that went on in that match, that uh, the public sort of decided uh, wrestling... Wasn't washing on the straight and narrow.
0: Ooh. Yeah, I mean, the, w- it's the promoters making the money out of it. That's the thing. That's yeah, yeah. The-
1: but then, like, at that point, this was before wrestling became worked. But at that point, the public decided, that's ah, a work, uh, <laughs> like, okay. essentially. Yeah. And then also, apparently, fans were just getting really sick of matches that could last for, like, five hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not that that happened, uh, but normally like two-hour match. Nowadays, pay-per-view is three hours. Like it's done yeah. a, well, like a UFC event is probably that's three hours, but that's a
0: couple of fights in
1: there. Oh yeah, yeah, you get it's like, an event. F- yeah, yeah, you don't get one fight for two hours. But that's some stamina. Can you imagine like going for? going out to a wrestling match in 1904 like oh Shane you want to go catch a, the Hackenschmidt fight and it's like 7 o'clock and we go out and we're still
0: there watching at one <laughs> in the morning yeah, <laughs> like they're still going Yeah, like and, her, they'd break, and you're like man I'm really tired well, between, glad I'm not that guy
1: the way they'd break up they'd have rounds and they'd go they'd go back to the dressing rooms between, between rounds and have like, like it'd be more like half time in a in a soccer match like
0: oh they'd go have like hydrating, yeah
1: back. yeah, which just means like oh it's like restarting <laughs> like, yeah yeah wow but just to wrap up on Smith, just how you know physically fit man and all that and it, uh, his regime obviously worked really well for him because he died in 1968 wow in 90 years old so like there's still like you get to if you look him up you can get to see him he comments on how that entire sport evolved and changed uh, he had 3,000 matches <laughs> how many did you think he
0: lost? the two with the yeah gotcha. yeah that's exactly no way. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh no and he retired that's he retired right after that last the gotchery match yeah he wanted to he went back to London he was meant to fight another guy but when he went back and trained again and he just his leg his knee was
0: just too bad Yeah.
1: Yeah, so he just he retired in 1911. That's probably why he's still alive because he retired after.
0: Yeah, that is a serious sportsman, rather.
1: Yeah, Gotch died in 1917, and he continued wrestling. So. Oh, yeah. There you go. That's the, yeah, and and Gotch got even bigger after beating Hackenschmidt. He was huge. Like he became. Oh, I'd say the, so. Yeah. He was essentially the the Hulk Hogan, of his time. What's funny as well after Gotch or Hackenschmidt Hackenschmidt's retirement, he became really good friends with Tom Jenkins the guy he originally beat for the title yeah, yeah. and like they just had this like long lasting friendship up until their deaths and apparently like their entire friendship was built on a deep hatred for gotch <laughs> 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 that's really funny call back to last week again he was really good friends with Houdini oh really and George Bernard Shaw. so I like the idea there we go George Hackenschmidt George Bernard Shaw, and Harry Houdini sitting like around sharing an apartment together um, yeah dinner for three just <laughs> yeah. oh, we should write a sitcom with Harry Houdini George Bernard Shaw and George Hackenschmidt we're doing this I'm not like I'm not keeping going here but just because we're already calling back to old stuff in the last episode again I like how all these call yeah, packs. All comes you mentioned P.T. Barnum who was the who was feuding with Farpo the guy who brought Topsy over oh yeah yeah okay. P.T. Barnum was the other circus tycoon tycoon um, but he might have been. He he played a big part in sort of the wrestling. There's a book called Wrestling to Wrestling, uh, <laughs> and Barnum. You know, he was the one. He had wrestlers he used to tour with him in the very late nineteenth century and early twentieth. And he he was the one who had the disc called the Hooker, where it was like it'd be like a pretty much a guy my size who did put in a wrestling contest. Yeah. And and sh- people from the audience could challenge him, not knowing that he was actually like a shoot fighter and had like crippling holes and stuff. You know, a, a small guy that did go oh, okay, against yeah. big guys. Sort of their their secret weapon. And he used to tour with guys like that, and they would challenge people in the audience. Yeah, and that's just a side note. And he like you know he was the one who like brought in, gave people gimmicks and fake backstories. So he oh, played. Okay, Just a nice callback but hackenschmidt and gotch like the last sort of big feud towards the end of wrestling before it became wrestling i actually yeah because i mentioned that wrestling to wrestling that's a actually really good book that's out there by gerald morton
0: and george o'brien
1: but i'd like there's like really interesting stuff about wrestling when it gets into the like the carny Seen in in the forties and that. Oh so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you have guys that were like stabbed during matches and stuff. Like, <laughs> so I'd like to get to some of that.
0: Thank you, Johnny. So yeah, going back to our uh, headlines there. I had a story of on the twenty third of January in Norway, the Norwegian city of I can't one hundred percent claim this is the right pronunciation is Alesund, which is A L E S U N D, which is a whole city was almost completely burned down in a fire because back then the majority of the buildings and stuff were made made of wood. So this is like a fire started at around 2am and this is a city like on an island on the island of Aspoya. What happened was there was a factory. It started because a cow kicked a torch which is one of the classic (laughs) stories of what they claim in America about uh, the great Chicago fire. So, it's usually a reoccurring theme. <coughs> so, but in spite of like all these valiant efforts to like suppress it and stuff, it just became way too much. The wind was going against them, driving the fire through the town, and it just like went from like one sector to another, almost completely destroyed the town. Destroyed nearly 850 houses, leaving only around 220, 230 left that were just about within the town borders, and from what they can tell only one person was actually killed in the fire who was an old lady who ran back to her house to get her purse oh <laughs> so like they had to very very quickly evacuate the town people ended up like having no because they basically it burnt down all the shelter so there was nowhere for people to go so they yeah. ended up like sleeping in churches and all this good stuff and this was like a cold time of year obviously it was the middle of January it was the middle of the night so it was really, really horrible. population was, what, uh, over 10,000. They had nowhere to spe- seek shelter, so they ended up in churches carrying whatever they could, fleeing on foot. Some people were taken, like, some of the elderly were taken out in carts and horseback and all that kind of stuff. Over 200 people spent the night in one of the local churches that was just far enough away. Fighting the fire was just, seemed to be very frivolous uh, attempt they just kept I trying to do things imaginary. and this was an island so it was like it had a big harbor town and that kind of stuff so right. some people even escaped just into the water and just went to like over the next part of the pull. peninsula yeah, just, yeah. just stood in the water watching their homes burn and stuff like this wow. in january so you can imagine it was cold so yeah that just kind of kept spreading and devastating them but it was really really big news at the time it was like world news and that happened on the 23rd of january
1: oh that's it like and that's the entire place just disintegrated like
0: yeah because it was all, all the buildings were made of wood so they just caught yeah, fire crazy. and just burned, like it just savaged through them very very quickly but like yeah 850 houses how many did you say died though what
1: just one one what?
0: <laughs> like how does that happen yeah people just got out their thing was yeah it was, they were saying it was like it was a miracle of how quickly the people actually got away from fire as quickly as it's spreading. Like They were really organised getting people away from the fire as it's yeah, It's
1: weird because it's not like it was something they were used to, a cow kicking over a lantern. And... I,
0: I'd take that with a pinch of salt as well. Yeah. It's, it's almost there... like an urban myth. Because I know Yeah, they, they claim this sh- the Great Chicago Fire was caused by the same thing. It was just a short story about the fire. I find it fascinating that like that many people, that nobody was hurt, or I'd say people were hurt, but that nobody was killed except for one old lady who went back for her purse. Which is so sad, but it's incredible <laughs> that uh, she was the only person killed. That like yeah. a hu- basically, it's a hu- it's described as a city, so it's a big big town. There's a depiction here from 1900 of it before the fire, and I'll probably throw that up with the pictures from uh, this episode. It's just an artist's impression of the town, but just to give you an idea of the size of like, but it's a good population. Yeah, what did I say? Ten thousand people, over ten thousand, and only one death. That's she was the only person known to die so there's probably a couple of like loners that people just forgot about
1: yeah again non-union workers <laughs> they're like no
0: they're like oh dude, what about it James you know the kid fiddler wasn't he no 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 <laughs> no. don't know who you're talking about was no, better
1: than the the 180 at least It was 180 in
0: oh the in the coal mine yeah, yeah, yeah. so uh, I'm gonna pass our last Headline back over to you there, Johnny, which was Elise Maria Leach or Lech. As I I had fun playing with the name pronunciation in the uh, intros. So we said, oh, he'll never make anything of that name and that. And, and he didn't. He didn't. Archibald, Alexander Lech. Well, he
1: would go on to become Cary Grant, who I'm sure everybody knows. Yeah. Or do
0: the i d I'd say everybody Kids these knows. days wouldn't know. I
1: can't imagine anybody care... I can't imagine kids care what me or you have to say. No, <laughs> no, no. Nobody,
0: nobody's <laughs> listening to this Kid, anyway. If kids are listening to this, I'm impressed.
1: Well, Cary Grant was an actor. Oh, he, I'm sure everybody actually knows his name. It's probably happened.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was like a...
1: Uh, he was huge. He's the man. Like known for Hitchcock's films. Oh, you met like four
0: Hitchcock's movies? I think so, yeah.
1: North by Northwest is the one everybody knows, but Suspicion and Notorious. Seen? Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. probably...
0: Always seen with much younger women in movies as was the style of the time <laughs> where they always got like a guy in his like late 30s, early 40s and put him next to like an actress who was like 19 and then they had to have like be romantic on screen and stuff, yeah, because yeah. they were manly men, they weren't boys. That was the it's always the way back then
1: to catch your teeth, actually. That was the the other Hitchcock, ah, okay. that was the last one. Apparently, he was retired at that point in Hitchcock. Convinced them to come out of retirement. Yeah, Hitchcock was quite fond of him. He said he was the uh, the only person he he ever ever truly loved. I'm not making that <laughs> up. <laughs> really? Yeah. It, well, maybe not exactly that, but it's something like or like the only actor I've ever loved
0: or the only yeah no it's the only actor I've ever loved in my entire life. was mm. Hitchcock's. That'd be Sitchcock. really interesting if like it came out years later of like yeah they were like secretly a couple <laughs> or something in well, madly um, love. Well, Cary Grant. Was
1: boy, yeah. yeah, So well, or well, he may or may not have been. More likely
0: was There's speculation.
1: He um was a big like later in his life. He he was a big Chevy Chase fan. Oh yeah, who could believe it? <laughs> Cary Grant being a Chevy Chase fan. <laughs> yeah. But there was some um, like Chevy Chase used to be compared to Cary Grant. Yeah, really. Yeah, well, Cary Grant like despite like he had all the Hitchcock films, but he was more known. Comedy before that, like
0: okay, yeah, yeah, like
1: now we remember him in all those Hitchcock stuff. we did not like loads of comedy, like that. Um, like he done like drag performances and films and stuff, yeah, I
0: suppose, yeah, yeah.
1: But yeah, in some interviews, and like I don't know, some late night one of those American talk show, late night talk shows, Chevy Chase was asked about, you know, oh, how do you feel being compared to. Cary Grant and Chevy Chase said something along the lines, he made some joke about, he was just like, oh, uh, I understand, he's a a homo, what a girl, like, that was his (laughs) reply, and, yeah, (laughs) Cary Grant sued him, and, like, they settled out of court, but he still got money off him, and Grant just said about, yeah, true or untrue, I'm old enough not to care, but it was a very weird
0: thing for Chevy Chase, that's a odd, that is odd he was born in 1904 and died in 1986 what Was it? Um, just to give you an idea of his filmography because he did some really as you were saying he did some kind of comedies and stuff which actually uh, you're, you, I, in 1932 Sinners in the Sun uh, Singapore Sioux, Devil in the Jeep these kind of mad uh, The Eagle and the Hawk 1933, I'm no angel born to be bad yeah like his girl friday and stuff like that, all these kind of real i suppose the equivalent now kind of rom-com-y kind of things
1: basically cary grant he, he was he was known for being very handsome very funny very lovable ladies loved him he made like 72 films yeah and had a beautiful transatlantic voice That
0: and that's why everybody if you hear was it, he was born in england was it in, uh, he's
1: bristol i think yeah, yeah. if you hear an old timey voice like the one you might hear at the start of this podcast Oh yeah, if you ever hear that mimicked, they're usually mimicking carry Grant. Yeah, you know that's like not always, like people. He like, was
0: he was always a real charming kind of character. That was just, like weird women with his charm. Yeah.
1: But that transatlantic accent of his as well—the one that we know—like that's like all time you speak that you. Yeah, yeah. Like that wasn't a that's not a real accent at all. No, no like his. No one like is in Gen. Nobody ever. Nobody spoke like that. Just carry grass. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I mean, the, like, you hear uh, uh, the old-timey, the voice you do at the start of this. Yeah, yeah. When you hear that in old actual recordings, like, that's not a real accent. That's a complete...
0: Oh, it's a fabrication for oh, entertainment kind of thing.
1: Um, Yeah, well, it's acquired. Like, it's it's like the Queen's English, like, people were taught yeah, it. Yep. Like, that's why it's called Transatlantic or Mid-Atlantic, because it's between them both. Apparently, like, it kind of, for radio, like, I guess whatever way the bass tone was, certain you know you couldn't decipher certain certain words so, oh, it was kind so everybody
0: of, talked up like here
1: yeah like that thing like you know adding a w so like dance becomes dance oh yeah well yeah. like um catherine hepburn taught yeah. like she has that old timey accent but her sounds a bit more british yeah um and you know and everything the t like follow us on twitter
0: would be follow us on twitter oh yeah yeah, yeah they really yeah. Uh,
1: but yeah it's like but nobody and do
0: yeah do actually follow us on twitter <laughs>
1: it's just funny that like yeah that no, it was never a real a real voice or a real accent it's good also uh, Cary Grant he, he was a huge fan of LSD really uh, said, yeah he was big into it which is really good LSD is not one you associate with somebody from that time
0: but like he would have been like in his 50s or 60s when LSD was brought to existence wouldn't he
1: well in 50s I'd say would have been
0: I died in his early 80s in the 80s so Yeah, he was born in 1904
1: uh. well he'd have been yeah he'd have been in his 50s in the 50s like
0: yeah yeah well I
1: don't know I think like LSD probably like well LSD was around during World War 2 as well like I'm not I just don't know if it was readily available for Cary Grant that early but well he he did do it for like medicinal purposes like because he had depression and stuff and he had done it under a psychiatrist supervision but apparently he done have loads like you're not meant oh, yeah. to do LSD much like as much as you might like it it's not you shouldn't be doing it a couple of hundred times or anything like. but apparently Cary Grant did and like yeah. said it was wonderful and he went through a rebirth and all this apparently you know. like it was so so good from apparently that he left like 10 grand to his psychiatrist or his doctor whoever was over who subscribed treat. or prescribed
0: yeah. him LSD <laughs> yeah.
1: And he donated entire salaries to the war relief fund, which was like ten thousand. I'm not sure. I think it was like ten thousand, or sorry, ten a hundred thousand each time. the sort of money he was on, which is like two and a half million, Wow. today's standards. Uh, I don't know much more about no. very Grant. That's enough, though, Johnny. That's quite interesting. And he was meant to be Bond in Doctor No. Oh yeah. But he didn't want to commit. Yeah, and he was meant to be a cheapskate. That's the last thing I know. About. Okay, except when it came
0: to LSDs, don't know. yeah. Uh,
1: psychologist. Apparently, I heard some weird story about him. Like, uh, like I, I don't even know the context. was some. He used to take the buttons off all his shirts before he threw them out and kept them,
0: and just to have spare buttons.
1: Yeah, and apparently, like, apparently, that made him like really cheap. <laughs> I, I
0: don't. Know. I saw. It. I think that's just being clever. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's
1: just... not like taking the fucking condiments from a McDonald's. That's, that's
0: one of those things like as a kid that's like my nanny used to do was like you know she'd put like she'd be like making a cup of tea or something you're in a cafe she'd like put say two sugars in her tea and then like take another five and put them in her handbag I might do it with coffee
1: if I have enough just because it, but more like if, that, if it's really nice coffee and they are like oh do you want to take a few sashes I might buy it oh yeah I'll bring a few but also
0: like if you're in a hotel room would you clean out the coffee
1: No, nah, I don't think I'd bother Oh, yeah, like you just—I'll just buy coffee on the way home. <laughs> like, I'll just—I'll <laughs> just buy a jar and have like thirty cups. Like, why would I steal a handful of, and have like oh six free cups of coffee? It's like,
0: oh, man, that's nearly really a full week.
1: Yeah, but a jar of coffee is like a fiver.
0: I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, so, do you have any short little newspaper things for this week?
1: Um, that's what I was looking at here. Um, I. I do and I don't. <laughs> I, do I do and, and I don't. I don't. <laughs> kind of like a kid off the Late Late Show or um, something doing the toy show. No, I don't have much. There's one very good one I like. And it's pretty much because it just sounds like the first paragraph of a H.P. Lovecraft story. Oh, excellent. It sounds like uh, if anybody's ever read like the case of Charles Dexter Ward. It's it just... Right. It's, this is from... um. Actually, where is it? The Bay of Plenty Times. And this is from a bit later than... Oh no, sorry, this is actually from yesterday, January 22nd. The title is A Strange Case. A missing man found. Early in December, last, an elderly man named Cooper was served with a citation to serve as a juryman at the last Supreme Court criminal sessions in Wellington. He mysteriously disappeared almost immediately. Whatever upset his mental equilibrium is an open question. But certain is he retreated at the time to wild recesses of Mahaka and was found there Tuesday under most peculiar conditions. Three pig shooters were hunting for for a boar when their attention was drawn to a patch of scrubby ground by a barking of their dogs. One of the trio, thinking they had discovered their quarry, suggested shooting into the cover but was restrained by his companions. Closer inspection revealed the presence of Cooper, half dressed sleeping on an old bag his means of subsistence during the past six weeks is a problem difficult to ascertain he was unable to give an intelligible account of himself Cooper has been
0: restored
1: to his wandering relations but that's a restored to his wandering relations
0: why wandering relations
1: (laughs) but yeah that's a like that doesn't sound like a real article (laughs) even the way it's written yeah it just sounds like a lovecraft paragraph um, that one I liked yeah like I, there's a lot of talk about smallpox this week yeah and uh. I mean they're all long we, I think we need to just save smallpox for uh, for another day definitely
0: so that's it I believe so that's quite a, a hearty da- episode of uh, yesterday's news today I think
1: I was going to say that's quite a, a down ending. It just seems like yeah, it's very sudden. There was uh, no
0: bizarre deaths at the end. No, no cannibalism.
1: No. There was a
0: tornado in Alabama as
1: well on, on January twenty. Well, it was reported on January 23rd, I assume it happened. Yep. Actually, this is, w- uh, sorry, no, this weren't mentioned really quick before we finish. Yeah, New York, January 23rd. A tornado has wrecked the business portion and 300 houses in Moundville, a small town in Alabama, killing 37 and injuring 100. So that
0: did happen. That's uh, Oh, well then it's nice to end on a high with that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: We didn't talk about lynchings this week. There was no
0: cannibalism. I mean, we we're doing no, well. No, very little racism. If n- in fact, none. No Never. racism. Yeah.
1: We just had two, a couple of Hartley boys, wrestling around a mat.
0: Hundred and eighty people killed in a mine. That's one old lady killed in a fire. Well, that's fine. and a city that's burnt to the ground. And Harry Houdini's amazing uh, feats and escapes and stuff. Yep. Or was that last? That was week?
1: last week, was it? You need to stay off that crack rock.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was yesterday's news. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah.
1: That was Yesteryear's News Today. I'm Johnny. And I'm Shane. And yeah, we'll see you next week in 1905. So until then, see you
0: in the future. Don't you mean the past? Subscribe to us on iTunes, rate us, and tune in to us every Friday for more of Yesteryear's News Today, where the news is better late than never.